I will burn this podcast to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh, it, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Yeah. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. Wee! I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. The track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch and unbeatable goodness. Welcome, Pacers fans. You are listening to the Undebeatables or semi weekly Pacers podcast. This is episode 420. Blaze them if you got them. <laughs> Coming from Indianapolis, Indiana, I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and season ticket holder. This show, we're going to talk about our Pacers all decade team and the never ending Miles Turner saga. All that, plus we'll have a stat of the week and answer an under Googleable. Joining me this week are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Uh, shout out, sad shout out this week. The NBA family, or I guess it was last week by the time you're hearing this, lost uh, David Stern, who really uh, made the NBA what it is today. I mean, uh, I, I remember hearing stories from my dad where they would watch the NBA finals on tape delay. And now it's a global uh behemoth of an industry that we know and love and i can watch it driving in my car on the way up to boston like it's insane so it's <laughs> awesome uh we you will be missed david mm-hmm. uh from indianapolis indiana he's our in-house bartender mixes up the drinks in the crappy jingles john colson what is up pacer nation it's thirsty thursday Drink up. Also, um, don't watch TV and drive. Just putting that out there, Pacer Nation. Mm. <laughs> it's dangerous. <laughs> it was, it, I was. I was listening to the radio. I swear. <laughs> uh, and from Boise, Idaho, out west, that's our enforcer, John Harper. What's going on, fellas? Uh, shout out some LA Clipper fans this week who mm. <laughs> booed their team off the court after, during a most of a blowout game uh, against the Grizzlies, uh, the mm. team that they turned into a uh, title contender overnight in this offseason. L.A. Clipper fans already impatient. <laughs> <laughs> the Clippers. Yeah. How soon they forget. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. Their team was the laughingstock of the NBA for 30 years. Yeah. And there's another team that plays there, also a title contender, an embarrassment of riches, but no, they have to bill. <laughs> oh, shout, shout out. out. <laughs> uh, before we get into the show, I just want to remind you, you can support us anytime you shop at Amazon. If you just click the link in the show notes or go to the unbeatables.com slash Amazon 
and uh, follow the referral link. Kicks a few bucks back up to back to us and helps support what we do. So the faux decade has started, and we <laughs> uh, we want to join this conversation. Uh, you know, all these uh, year. You know, you get the end of year lists and the end of decade lists. Um, I think we, we we got some some uh, thoughts uh, and emotions about the uh, the Pacers All Decade Team, the uh, the twenty twenty tens to twenty nineteens. Is that how is that how we're doing that? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we 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 want to. Even though you disagree wholeheartedly, a hundred percent. But we're we're we want to talk about it. We want to get a starting five out there. We're doing this. I think uh, like we do. All of our things. We're in a Quaker style. Uh, and tie, ties ended a fist fight, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like the Quakers. Yeah. Yep. New for 2020. Duels. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we want a starting five at the point guard position. Who, who, Jason, who do you think are our, our, our top contenders here? Well, I think number one, uh, you got to look at Doslo. Donald Sloan. I mean, mm. <laughs> Sloan Ranger. Uh, the Sloan Ranger carried us through some dark times, for sure. and uh, uh, really was a fan favorite. My maybe my favorite pacer of all time. Uh, if I were to do a fluid top twenty-five list, um, now to my in my mind, I think this comes down to it's it's uh, two candidates. It's uh, the hometown hero, Broad Ripple's own George Hill. Uh, or two-time pacer, uh, retired, but now willing to come out of retirement to be a hired assassin for a potential title contender. For one Darren of the Collison. L.A. teams, apparently. That's right. He <laughs> is willing to play for an L.A. team. Uh, those are the options. I, I mean, if you want to argue for Jeff Teague, you can do that. Or we could just do a backcourt option. And, mm. and not go for either of those. Yeah, I'm just uh, taking Malcolm Brogdon. I just I don't care. <laughs> okay, you're taking. He's, he's played 12 games. games of Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> That's correct. 16 unhealthy games of Malcolm Brogdon, and he's the best point guard we've ever had. Nice. <laughs> oh wow. <clears throat> so Colson, make that Quaker. Yeah. Um, so George Hill played an extra a season more than Darren Collison did. If you want to talk about sort of how long he's been here, he played twelve thousand minutes versus Darren Collins' uh, nine thousand. Um, <clears throat> only started uh, what is that thirty three more games though? Uh, George Hill did over Collison. So um, I don't know. I felt always felt like George Hill was a, a combo guard. Um, he, of course, was the the point guard in our our best success um, when we got to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, but I, I have a soft spot for Darren Collison. I think he's more of a pure point guard. He's a better shooter. Um, I love that he left and he came back. I love that he put up the best PER in the playoffs for anybody in the playoffs that season off the bench for the the Pacers. Um, and uh, yeah, he he also was the starting point guard on. Um, you know, the iteration that is perhaps my favorite iteration of the Pacers since the mid-90s, which is this this current iteration, uh, the one just recently with Oladipo, Bogdanovich, Thaddeus Young, and whatnot. So I'm going to I'm gonna vote for Darren Collison. Mm. 
Joe, do you have opinions? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I think I'm going to go with uh, for Collison, too. Um, I think the teams were better when George Hill was on the floor. Uh, like those years, you know, it was a better team. But, you know, I think for uh, just for like, you know, p- performance wise, uh, Collison, Collison was fantastic. Um, yeah, he did. He did uh, shock us by <laughs> retiring, but um, took a little time off. Uh, but yeah, for me, Collison's the guy. He also he almost was always a almost always a forty fifty ninety club. Mm-hmm. I was like, this guy's great. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's steady, I suppose. Out of those two guys, I'd take George Hill. Okay, yeah, I I think I'm on the side of Harper here. I think that uh-huh. uh, George Hill oversaw a Pacers team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals twice, and you know went toe to toe with. LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, which is like arguably the team of the decade. Right? I mean, uh, well, either that or the Golden State Warriors, but the Eastern team of the decade. (laughs) Right. Sure. Yep. Yep. The team of the first half of the decade, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And he also was the starting point guard on the year that we went to the semi uh, finals against and lost against Miami um, in that the surprise series where we took them seven or whatever. So, right. Uh, well, or we could just scrap it and go for Lance Stevenson. What do you think? I mean, uh, Lance I mean, definitely, he hit, he checks a lot of boxes, right? Air guitar box. It didn't nails the air guitar box, which is rare. He left uh, and came back, left and came back, which is the huge one. Can give himself a high five. <laughs> he blew in LeBron James's ear. Mm-hmm. These are all boxes <laughs> that are high on the list. <laughs> he had a triple double once. I like him at two, though. You like him at two? I don't want him. I guess here's the thing: I don't want him to be uh, the starting one and two because <laughs> this isn't a video game. This is real life. <laughs> top team of the decade. Um, let's see. Lance has the uh, sixth most minutes of the decade. Um, so that speaks well to your uh, uh, your hope, Joey. Mm-hmm. Um, that he be both one and two, but you don't want that. <laughs> okay. Well, I think the natural, if things worked out like they sh- should, like yeah, he would be number one and number he'd be both positions. But we need to step in somewhere and and you know draw a line in the sand and say what's ridiculous because well, he okay. can play three too. Well, let's let's leave point guard on the table then and come back. Let's let's talk about one. Are we are we? Is it Lance Stevenson? Uh, is it uh, Oladipo? Uh, Paul George played some one for us. He played some four for us. Uh, he played some three for us. Uh, Monte Ellis, mm. Rodney uh-huh. Stuckey. Uh, yeah, those are your options at at one or at two, guys. I think. I mean, as far as the top 20 minute getters from the decade. You don't want that one year of uh, Mike Dunleavy? I'm good, I'm good on that. <laughs> You're good on that. My wife would slap me in the mouth. Stucky made the cut. Stucky made the cut. He was with us for quite a while. Um, I mean, I'm I'm inclined to go with the Oladipo here just because of the uh, um, 
the culture change he made, and he was an All NBA player uh, two years ago. Um, I'm expecting him to come back and lead my team to a deep playoff run. Yeah, I think th- for me this is easy. I think it's Oladipo. Yeah. I think he uh, is an All Star, two time All Star in the two seasons that he's been here. Um, played basketball at Indiana University. Right. Uh, for his collegiate years, really embraces the city and the state, uh, has brought the joie de basketball <laughs> back to not only the Indiana Pacers, but this podcast specifically. Right. So he has That's a very right. special place in my heart. Um, if we if we were still putting up with Paul George's whining, we would have stopped this podcast a couple years ago. Uh, yeah, I probably yep. would have. Yeah, yeah. So he deserves uh, to be on the starting team just for that. Yes. Uh, does that we, mean... we can put him on the IR, right? <laughs> get a, just, get a six we position. get a special ex- exemption so <laughs> yeah. that we can slot uh, Rodney Stuckey in there for you. What? No, <laughs> not Stuckey. Uh, okay. Get out of here. All right, fine. Done, Levy. <laughs> um, a small forward. Um, who are your uh, nominees? Right. Andy so here's Ranger. where it gets starts to get tough, right? Because Paul George is the best Ooh. player that we've had at small forward, but we're human beings, so we can't look at this uh, objectively. Uh, and, of course, we're not going to put Paul George as our all-decade <laughs> small forward. <laughs> yeah, he's he's the best, uh, the most talented pacer probably in history, and he played the most minutes of any pacer in the decade. Um but I agree with you. He's uh, disqualified. He is the most talented pacer to to tear apart our franchise at any <laughs> point. So truth, he's got that. Similarly, you might argue that Bojan Bogdanovic uh, played a couple great seasons uh, with the Pacers. Uh, you know, caught a pass where he dragged his knuckles on the hardwood and made a three pointer to win a playoff game. Right. Really carried the team last year to 48 wins after Oladipo went down, right. uh, but then uh, couldn't wait a day and a half for us to get our ducks in a row to resign us and then went to, bolted to Utah. So <laughs> it's kind of hard for me to put him on, on my all decade team, even though I love I have less animosity clearly for him than than uh, oh, yeah. Paul George. But he's a solid two. Second yeah. pick yeah. for me. Yeah, second sure. pick. Yeah, so Granger is the guy. Granger's me. the guy. Yeah. How's Granger not the guy? Because I feel like he's more of a a, a 2000s decade than a 2010. Like, he what played, he the, played? The, the first four seasons of the decade with us. Um, played the eighth yeah. most minutes of any player uh, in the decade. So, okay. I mean, that's that's a pretty solid contribution. Um, and you know, when you put, when you put together a, uh, all Pacers list, you know, start looking at his numbers and, you know, the rebounds, the threes, the points, he's going to be in those, those top tens. Um, you know, he was around for a long time for us. So, um, I think, I think this is a no brainer when you eliminate Paul George. Yeah. He's a centerpiece of our franchise. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. But the, if you were to do an all 2000s decade team, would he also be the small starting forward. small forward? Sure. Yeah, probably. Uh, or Ron Artest. 
Out of the franchise. It's so fraught. <laughs> he actively destroyed the team as well. So he might be disqualified. <laughs> I think he probably is, in fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He started a brawl, and then we all embraced him. And then the next year, he quit so he could go play. Uh, he could do, do a rap album. So, you know, there's After that. a random game in November. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so far we're looking at. Well, I guess point guard is still. Yeah, we're going back to point guard. It's debatable. Uh, this list is very sad for me. Yeah, <laughs> so this next one will cheer you up though. Power yeah. forward. Power forward. Nom 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 nom. Nom nom. <laughs> Eating babies. Eating babies. Babies. I love it. Yes. <laughs> David West. This seems simple to me. David yeah. West, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I uh, shout out to uh, Courageous Heart, that is young, um, but uh, this is Davis West uh, to lose here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do Any we want to make an Lizard. argument for Sabonis in this spot, or are we saving him for uh, the center position? For a knockout, drag out, fight. Uh, you uh, could also maybe make an argument for CJ, or, uh, um, you know, CJ Miles, he was great for us that one year. <laughs> the one year that he put his body on the line because Paul That's George right. didn't want to play power forward. <laughs> Protecting Paul George's fit, yes. <laughs> that broke him as a man, though. It did. That's, that's <laughs> a line on his resume, though. That's uh, true. <laughs> protecting Paul George's bitch ass. <laughs> you think he put that on? He put he he made Paul George. He didn't. A reference. He didn't put played for the Pacers that season. It was protecting <laughs> Paul George's bitch right. ass. <laughs> yeah, no. This is this is David West. Um, he played three hundred thirty-four games for us uh, between two thousand twelve and two thousand fifteen. Um. And the fourth most minutes of, of anybody that played the decade. So he was started every game he played. He was just consistent. He initiated the offense from the, the elbow. Like, yeah, he was the best. He was our he was our grit and our grind and our smash math. That's right. The greatest player in Xavier history, too. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. Now the center position. It's got to be Hibbert, right? Blockosaurus Rex. Right in the Hibberts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not his fault that the game evolved past him, right? I mean, we don't hold any ill will towards him for that. Um, you know, I was just uh, watching uh, or, or reliving um, as I was kind of doing this this uh, all-decade stuff, thinking about some of my favorite memories from the decade, um, how dominant he was uh, in that uh, series um, the year before we um, got our heads full and won 60 games and, and we just wanted that season to be over. But the, the year before when we took him to seven games and he was like averaging 20 and 10. And then the next year, the league had kind of figured out how to run him off the floor and he's putting up like, you know, goose eggs. And so it's like, I don't know if that says so much about him as a player as it does about um, how the league evolved and figured out how to run slow big men off the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Harper seems underwhelmed by that argument. <laughs> I don't know. Adapt or die. I mean, yeah. Yeah. If the game changes, you're supposed to add something. 
that didn't happen. I mean, I he he never averaged ten rebounds in a season. So not in a season, no, for sure. Yeah, but um, he was only seven two. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, Rick Smith's never averaged ten rebounds a game either, and he was seven four. So what do well, we? But he could we, shoot from twenty feet. Right, that's true. That is true. Hibbert had um, three seasons where he averaged two plus blocks a game. Black source Rex. I I would have thought it was more. Miles Turner's a better shot blocker than he is. Oh yeah, yeah. So Miles Turner then. I mean, Roy Hibbert uh, <laughs> played the second most minutes in the decade. Um, he was the starting center on our most successful stretch run. And he was the most fragile ego in every locker room on every one of those teams. That is also true. Um, I'm. I, I mean, we drafted Miles Turner. Um, you know, he's the fifth most minutes of the decade. Um, he's an incredible shot blocker just because he's struggling a little bit right now and he's maybe never quite been the star we've wanted him to be. Doesn't mean he's not been a really important part of this team. I mean, he's a better shot blocker shooter and teammate teammate (laughs) passer lover. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's that's speculation. I apologize. <laughs> I'm not going to follow that down a rabbit hole because I can get bad. I mean, it's hard to give it to Sabonis, right? Because this is the first year he's starting. Um, he's only been with the team for, I guess, supposed to be his third year, which is, I guess, not. Gave it to Oladipo. We did, for sure. Um, I mean, granted, and- Sabonis is not the impact player the first two seasons that Oladipo was, but... This year, I think he's an all-star. He got it in 2019. Yeah. What's that? He got it in in 2019. Yeah, I I feel like maybe recency bias, but I mean, I'm I'm leaning Hibbert. Um, What about the Jan Mahemny? 87 starts at center this decade. No. No. And (laughs) zero assists. What about, what if we... <laughs> what if we went with a really weird lineup and put Luis Scola at center? Scola, Scola, <laughs> Scola, Scola. We could put West at center and rock Scola at power forward. Or, or what about Thad Young at, at power forward? I love some mm-hmm. Thad Young. Some courageous heart. So, so you're gonna snub I'm, Hibbert, Turner, and Sabonis? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Go> Scola. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, that's tough. I think it's. I think it's got to be I, Hibbert. I love Roy Hibbert. I always like rooting for the fragile ego. That means that Miles Turner will never be on an all-decade team for us. Hmm. You think? Or do you assume he's not going to be on the? Sabonis. Sabonis is better than him. Sabonis is better than all of those guys. Well, if Miles Turner continues to play. Uh, power forward or center or whatever the hell they do. I don't know who plays what. Um, if he stays on the team for a long time, maybe he'll be the power forward of the next decade. Could be. Could be. Um, okay. So let's go back to the P- the point guard position. Uh, uh, all right. Let's. I mean, if we go George Hill, we basically just have. We basically the, have the. Uh, the 2013 13. team. Team. With <laughs> it's, it's it's Paul George uh, and is replaced by Oladipo, right? Yeah, 
I'm like, okay, <laughs> why not? I'm like, I like that team. All right, let's do it. That was a great year. Right. Oh, man. Right. I did love that team. With uh, honorable, uh, <laughs> if we had a, a sixth, seventh, and eighth man, I think it would be Lance, uh, Turner, and uh, Scola, maybe. And Daco. Daco got two votes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Daco Loco. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's, can we go uh, bottom to top? What's the, what's the starting five? Uh, we're running George Hill. Okay. Uh, at point, Oladipo, Danny Granger, David West, and Roy Hibbert. And then uh, we're coming off the bench with uh, Daco, Lance, and uh, Miles Turner, the eight-man rope. Because those are the guys that got serious dis- uh, consideration. And Scola, okay. if we need him. Scola. Scola. Always there if you need him. <laughs> How about this? We, lo- a, we love guys uh, with chance. <laughs> How about this for the uh, the uh, anti-verse or whatever you call it, uh, all-decade team? Uh, at point guard, TJ Ford. <laughs> at shooting guard, Evan Turner. Oh, no. Oh, at small forward, Paul George. Ooh. At power forward, Tyler Hansborough. Oh, oh right. no. Got to get him in there. And at center, Andrew Bynum. Ooh. Oh. I was going to throw Jan Mahenmi in there so that we could just watch <laughs> the... Uh, no one passes. The, the Mahenmi Cup the play out before our eyes. <laughs> Hands from Mahenmi not passing to each other. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd not watch that team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff, guys. Yeah. I think we nailed it. I think we nailed it. All right, gentlemen. Well, let's take a quick break. Um, and then we got we got some things to discuss in the second half here. Next up, got my stat of the week. Joey, stat of the week. Uh, so this stat is—it's uh, something. It's that may happen. We we've discussed this in the past. You know, we talked about a uh, uh, all NBA in season tournament, but the stat for this one is one million dollars, mm. and that is the that is the. Uh, uh, the r- rumored purse that each player would take home to make it a little more interesting. Extra mill for winning a tournament. Uh, That's a lot of money. This is a lot of money. What do you think about that? Is I mean, it a lot so, of money? I mean, I don't know if you're. It is a lot of money. $15 million they have to give up because, right, the winning team's going to have 15 guys on it, right? It's not just a uh, million dollars for the whole team. 
No, it's it's per player. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the league minimum is some of these guys. What is the right. league minimum now? Like seven fifty or something? Eight hundred? Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's like more than the league minimum. So if you can yep. inspire, if your coach can be like, all right, let's do this for Alize Johnson, guys. Right. You're about to double his salary. Right. Yeah. But then there's the Kevin Loves of the world. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, can you well, can you well, organize well, anything Kevin around the Kevin Loves of the world? Like, <laughs> what kind of society would we have? Can't organize the Cavs around him. <laughs> <laughs> Is, what is the feeling around the, is that is that an so what is your question joey i guess is that enough uh, to make people care yeah i mean play? you know there's uh you know any change is going to need a, a good reason to do so mm-hmm. um you know for the players and for the for the fans and the league everybody involved is gonna you know want something out of this um but is this is this going to be enough to to make it Interesting. I guess like cheering for someone else, you know, is that going to motivate the players enough to uh, for them to give give it all? Like they give it all during the the uh, playoffs, but not not every team gets that chance. Um, is this going to make it um, more interesting? A million dollars is like so. If you're uh, making ten million dollars a year. A million is ten percent of your salary. That's a lot. Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it definitely is. Right. Well, but so that goes to the winning team. So the amount of output that's necessary in order to win a midseason tournament, additional games potentially hurts your you know postseason run Long-term by putting added mileage. Sure. I mean, yeah. it's complicated. I mean, the answer is that yeah, it'll motivate some guys a lot. Right. But other guys are going to be looking, you know, from a higher altitude at this thing and saying, load management, you know, I got money. And you need your whole team invested to win a tournament like this, right? Like if half of you guys are into it, the other half aren't. I mean, that remains to be seen, too, right? I mean, are teams going to, you know, take LeBron James and make him play 35 minutes a game in this tournament? Is that a thing that's going to happen? Because I kind of doubt it. Right. Do you? Was there a suggestion that some of like the first round or second round of these things would actually count towards the season, and it wasn't until later that you would have extra games? Isn't that what it is? I, I think everything's on the table. between 78 and 82 somehow now or something like that? There's, they haven't figured yeah, out the details? Okay. It's, it's very vague at this point. Yeah. But I would think that you would have to include something like that right. to sweeten the pot of, yeah. yeah. For, for, just the, additional for games. veterans guys, in the league, for sure, yeah. 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 Um, would it, wouldn't it be cool though, if the championship game, uh, a la the world series of poker just had a pile of $15 million, like <laughs> in the corner like, <laughs> and you get to, everyone goes and dives when you win. Yeah. Crowd control is going to be nuts. <laughs> going to be tough. Going to be tough. Don't do it in Philly. <laughs> Or they just have it like suspended below the, the oh, jumbotron, yeah. and then when it's over, they like release it like balloons, <laughs> just like let it all come down. And then they do one of those uh, cash grab booths. I'm uh-huh. in. Yeah. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard's gonna get all of it. Oh, that's like, true. Yes. <laughs> With the claw. <laughs> <laughs> one dollar at a time. 
just 15 million times grabbing a dollar bill. Mm-hmm. He's got the biggest hands. Anyway, that's uh, that's one of the uh, uh, possibilities that's been they've been kicking around the the league has been, um, you know they 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 say it's possible for twenty one uh, twenty twenty one to twenty 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 two, so not far away at all. Anyway, I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. This is not going away. So you know there there, there was. Uh, you know, we heard we've talked about this in the past, but there's there was rumors floating around, and I, you know, we thought I thought maybe this was just uh, uh, hot air, but uh, still going. Yeah, this could be one of those weird things where even if they don't come up with a format that really works, you know, it was something that David Stern wanted, and now that he's gone, and also not there to lead them through this process, uh, could potentially not end super great. And sort of tarnish his legacy if not done well, even though it's not at all his fault. Um, so I, I just hope that they don't roll this thing out before it's before they have something that makes sense and will work. Yeah, yeah. You know when they retracted the the three point arc for those two years or whatever, and it's like, oh yeah, that did not work. We have to put it back. Like you know, you feel like they put a bunch of energy into this and then it doesn't work, and have to go back to the old situation. That would I mean, be- it was like ten bucks worth of pain. <laughs> yeah, this one would be slightly more complicated. Yeah. Or, you know, they stick to it for 10 years and then people don't even, they're not even playing for the money. It becomes a, an actual thing for pride and people are into it and fans are into it and it sticks. You know, who knows? Yeah, it's obviously I'm, the best case scenario. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it'd be great if there was some way that they could, you know, get second units and more reserve guys out there. I mean, I don't know if NBA fans are really hungry for a more competitive you know, less elite player driven sort of uh, tournament that's closer to college basketball, but there is potential there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you're telling me that you wouldn't be excited if the Pacers won that thing. Like, I know it wouldn't be winning the title, but you'd be pleased as a fan. We we put the banner up. Yeah. We would definitely put the banner up. It would be the biggest banner ever. I mean, I'm end to end. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like we're, you know, we're fans. We're going to root for this crap. Yeah. It's the Stern Cup, right? That's what it's called? It sure. is now. Yeah. That's what it should be. And it's a million dollars ahead. Nice. Sweet. Get me on one of those 15-day contracts right at the right time. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. You give the best halftime speeches? <laughs> Listen, you guys. You bring Gatorade real good. <laughs> I got the contacts, guys. All the contacts. <laughs> the contacts. Uh, I got I'm a, ready at all times. I got a contact guy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> all right. So, uh, turning our focus back to the Pacers, uh, Miles Turner, discuss. <laughs> Beautiful segment. No, uh, yeah, we, we we've talked about Miles Turner. He he, uh, you know, he's had a, a bit of a tumultuous. Uh, not tumultuous career, but it's been uh, a bit uneven. You know, he's high highs and uh, not great lows. Um, this season, you know, I, I think he's he's uh, been playing pretty well. Um, rebounding, not so great, but uh, I think what did we say? It was his uh, lowest rebounding besides his rookie year. Yeah. Um, is are we gonna trade Miles Turner? Uh, are we gonna keep this? He's our longest tenured pacer, and he's only twenty three years old. <laughs> yeah, it might be, yeah. you know, 
I don't know if you're thinking about giving up on somebody. I, I tend to not think about giving up on the 23 year olds. And, you know, um, I think one of the reasons we've been concerned is that, he, you know, Miles essentially has given you very similar production from his rookie year um, to last year, um, especially if you look at 30 per, six, uh, 30 per 36 uh, minutes. Uh, it's, he's always given you 16 points. He's always given you eight, eight and a half, nine rebounds. Um, and he's given you over two blocks. In fact, last year he gave you three and a half per 36. So, um, you know, his field goal percentage fluctuates, um, but the three-point shooting has gotten better and better. Uh, and then this year, uh, that falls off. Um, he's, you know, he's. you mentioned, Joe, that he's rebounding less, uh, the least amount since his uh, rookie season. Um, and I think part of that is because he's playing next to a dominant front court player. Um, you're seeing him shoot more three pointers, um, than he has ever in his career because that's the design of the offense. And, um, not that he was ever a dominant low post player, but his role has changed. And, um, design of the offense. Yeah. Is that a thing that you just said? (laughs) Oxymoron. Oxymoron. (laughs) Jumbo shrimp. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so i you know i i the reason we've sort of been given a hard time is because you know his his production is down um but he's also asked to do something new and and i feel uh we were we were pretty critical of him uh the first several weeks but i uh, i feel like the last couple weeks he's really uh stepping up i think he's being more aggressive um his shooting numbers are getting better his rebounding numbers are a little bit better um, and I feel like he's moving in the right direction. Uh, I'm not ready to panic yet. He is learning a new position. Is he? Is he? I mean, I think so, yeah. I think he's learning, well, yeah, a new role, I guess, right? Okay. <clears throat> in a way. I mean, Sabonis is playing a traditional center uh, offensive position, and he usually is guarding the, um, you know, the bigger, uh, you know, big on the other side because he's a little bit stronger. So, like, and I, I know they do switching depending on the matchup. Um, <clears throat> but in general, I think Sabonis is ostensibly playing the center role even if he's coming out as labeled the power forward. Sure. And, you know, this isn't a, like, panic, don't panic situation. I mean, it is what it is, but it just it strikes me that his name didn't even come up in our first show. Like we literally didn't say the words Miles Turner in covering three games, right? Mm, mm, um, I know his rebound is going to fall off because Domus is averaging over 13 rebounds a game. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, the rebounds have always been there, right? But he's just going to get them all. Um, I mean, the question at some point, though, becomes, you know, yeah, he's learning a new role, I guess. Um but is there somebody else who would fit in that role better, right? Somebody who's just a more natural mm. fit there. And can you get that person for the same or less money than what we're paying Miles Turner? Yeah, so you, I mean, but aren't you essentially looking for somebody who can block shots, shoot threes? I mean, and just rebound a little bit better and maybe guard perimeter players a little bit better. Is that the, you know, I don't know what that person costs. <laughs> well, I mean, now you're just replacing miles Turner with miles Turner. Right. But a slightly uh, faster one, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I think that, you know, if you were 
to consider a trade for Miles Turner, you'd probably pick up someone like Kevin Love. Okay. Now so you're going like to have to give up. Matter. You're going to have to give up shot blocking, right? That's going to be the right. trade off. So you get a dominant yeah. rebounder, a uh, talented passer, um, still dead a guy eye three, shoot dead three. eye three point shooter. Yeah. Um, but uh, just half the defender. I, yeah. I mean, I've never trusted Miles Turner as a low post defender. I mean, that's what Damanis sure, is doing down there. Block, shot blocker. Right. And as the quarterback of the defense to tell him calling out where people guys are supposed to be. I mean, I trust Domanus Sabonis to do that all day. I don't think that, I mean, shot blocking is important, but I also think it's overrated in the NBA. I mean, those two shots a game that actually go back, you know, one of those ends up a bucket because he blocked it out of bounds anyway. I mean, I just, look, well, the, it's important so to keep guys away from the, the rim. Yeah, like, it's not the total numbers of of shot shots blocked. It's the impact on people driving into the lane. Like, are right. you keeping people from taking shots in the paint? And, but there's more people shooting threes, right? Right. So there's, I mean, arguably more value in a perimeter defender at four than there is a shot blocker. Demontis Sabonis is not an elite shot blocker, but he blocks shots. Mm-hmm. Well, and and Gogo looks like he might be an elite shot blocker potentially. <laughs> If you need mm-hmm. to bring in a shot blocker. So so my take on Miles Turner goes back to this idea of him being 23 years old. And I feel like... You remember when, when the Pacers first acquired Jermaine O'Neal and, and we saw the raw talent and we were just like, this dude just has so many things in his toolbox and he doesn't quite know what to do all the time. Like, he would get the ball in the post and make, like, six moves. And you'd be like, yeah, you only need to make one of those. And then you right. get a layup. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm watching Miles Turner, that's how I feel. Like, he will, at times, get the ball at the three-point line, ball fake, um, dribble past two guys, and then do a scoop layup. Yeah. And in and and, like, the 10% the of the time that? where that doesn't result in a travel. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's getting better. It's getting better. But, but no, the, I mean, I'm with so you. The, the, I mean, the, the thing with there. Well, right. And the, the problem is he's not a traditional big at all. He doesn't know how to use his body in any way, shape or form. Right. Like even when he does those things where he drives into the lane and draws contact, he plays like a a player that is um, six foot three. He tries to avoid the contact and like do a crazy scoop shot when what he should do is realize that he's bigger than everybody on the floor and just go through and try to dunk the ball. Right. And if he can figure that out, if he can figure out how to use his body, especially in the post, and if he has his ability to put the ball on the floor, then he's going to be an incredible pro. Right. But, we, yeah, so it's tough, right? We've watched him for four years now sort of fiddle with these moments of showing these flashes but never really taking over games or never really being consistently demanding the ball and wanting to do things. But then he will make clutch shots. Like, we've seen him, like, make clutch shots this season to win ball sure. games and, like, make clutch defensive plays, like, I think it's there. I think it's just a patience thing. Like big yeah. guys always take a long time to develop. And the 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 
uh, thing that Miles Turner has working against him is that his counterpart big guy, Demonis Sabonis, is a savant. And he is developing at a rate that is much faster than a lot of big guys in the league. And he's so, so talented that we're looking at this in comparison, right? And I think that if we can extract, if we're able to extrapolate away the the Sabonis amazing development and growth and look at, at Miles Turner, maybe that's, you know, Gives him give us gives us a different perspective. Maybe I mean I just think this is his ceiling. I mean his best year in the league was mm. when he was twenty years old. He fourteen and a half points a game. He shot only season where he shot over fifty percent from the floor. He shot mid thirties from three. You know high in rebounding, over two blocks a game. Like that was his best year. This is I mean, this is his ceiling. Now I, that doesn't yeah. mean that you know. He can't get better around the edges, but I just I don't think that some quantum leap is in the works. I just don't. But I, that doesn't mean that there's somebody that can do his job better than him at his position for less money. Hmm. Well, I mean, I, I think I mean I agree with you that this might be who he is. I know he's only 23, um, and I, to your point, Jason, like there's still time for him to to make some sort of jump. But remember when we when we uh, we did the comps for him and they, his closest comps in the NBA for his first two seasons were Chris Bosh and Kevin Garnett. Well, those guys have far exceeded who you know him at this point. He's not sure. the next Chris Bosh. He's not the sure. next Kevin Garnett. Um, he might be who he is. I don't think that's a bad player. I mean, he's um, almost certainly who he is. <laughs> <laughs> but we're asking him to know, be the different. Fifth. Mean different things mean different things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It is what it is. <laughs> uh, we're asking him to be uh, the fifth uh, offensive option on in this starting unit. Um, I think if he rebound three more boards a game, maybe we'd all leave him alone. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, he'd be averaging a double double. Of course, yeah. I would. So let's do that. Just go out there and get three more boards, Miles. Well, but that's we'll clearly that. not going to happen. Mm. Yeah. So your solution to this is for him to just be better. Yeah. Well, no, but no, but see the thing. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you were, were just a Hall of Famer, we'd leave him alone. I mean, it's simple. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> basketball is a simple game, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you and I talked about this last uh, two pods ago, whatever. Like. Hey, really, this rebounding concerns an issue, and like this, really, you know, this is mainly on Turner, uh, T.J. Warren, and and Lamb to all T.J. Ford too. Yeah, T.J. <laughs> Ford, I still blame him. Yeah, <laughs> to step it up and grab one or two more rebounds a game, and I really did feel like uh, Warren got the message in that uh, after he got yelled at after the uh, Denver game where we got out rebounded by like fifteen. He was working his butt off in that Atlanta game to get rebounds. So, I mean, rebounds are about effort. Um, if we can get, you know, Miles Turner and, and Warren to get two or three more rebounds a piece, um, I think that changes our rebounding game. It changes our win-loss total. It also changes the way we think about Miles Turner. So, you know, let's go do it. But so is again, this a psychological thing then? I mean, like, so we've, we, the Pacers have a, a history of, of uh, psychologically fragile big guys. Yeah. Um, that underperform. Uh, is that the problem? Like, can we just like he seemed to have a rebound right after he shut off his uh, Twitter account and Instagram and all that and sort of turned off the noise and focused. I would say he's playing better, you know, since then yeah, than he was before. I think he's been more aggressive. 
<clears throat> I don't know if the numbers back that up. The eye test. He looks yeah. like a more confident player, right? It, but it, you know, it's a, it's a pro league. You can't spend your time coddling uh, dudes and getting them into a psychological space where they're super comfortable, right? Like he's going to get abused by who was it? He got abused by Alex Lynn in the the Atlanta game. Alex Lynn right. took him in the post and backed him down like like he was a, like he was a, a point guard. It was insane. Like, and that's not even like a. A super good player, big guy, yeah, good, good player, right? Exactly, yeah. And Jokic, Jokic's eyes just get huge when he's yeah, like, "Oh, he I got Miles Turner on me, great, all right." This is a layup. <laughs> like that's a problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, and I don't know what the solution is. I don't. I mean, I mean, I, you know, for my money, like I just I don't see trading them, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's sort of the first order business is, you know, it do you need to make a decision about miles Turner this season? You know, and because of what the circumstances are with Oladipo not coming back, um, you know, that's, that's is, and should be off the table. Um, but I think you do have to start turning your eye to, you know, long-term projection here. And as it sits, I, you know, I I think it's hard to find that combination of three point shooting and shot blocking, even Mm -hmm. with the weakness on the perimeter. I mean, it turns out that Miles Turner is kind of a bad defender. I mean, because his weak side shot blocking is so good, he's bad on the perimeter and he's bad in the low post. Like he's just not a very good defender, guys. That's the mm. thing. Mm. Well, he's not good at doing those things. That doesn't mean that he can't learn to. Well, do he that. also can't rebound. Well, <laughs> sure, yeah, but he. he I he think does he know can, how to. I think he organize. can learn to be a, a perimeter defender. That's for sure. Like I think he can learn to move laterally and keep guys in front of him. Which he is not good at right now. I feel like that's sort of innate. No, I mean, I think that you see big guys getting better at that. Like Rudy Gobert is better th- at that now than he used to be if he gets switched. Um, several big guys get it. You, I, I think you learn to position yourself better and you just get slight, marginally better at lateral movement and you can you can do it. Yeah. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the post defense is a, a huge concern for me. Because there's no way a guy that big should be getting pushed around as much as he is. And maybe it's just a, he needs to learn how to use his leverage better. Or maybe he's only 23 and he just still hasn't put on the weight that he needs to put on. Or I don't he's, know. he's got a lot of sort of technique stuff that, you know, he would benefit from working on, I guess. Yeah. But I don't know. You know, it's I just. So, yeah, I read an article with him uh, in the paper. Uh, the other day, and they were asking him um, about his low post moves, and he said that he worked with uh, Kevin McHale in the off season, and he's starting to. And what McHale kept telling him is exactly what uh, what Jason was telling him. He doesn't need to do twelve things; he just needs to do one or two, and that he's he's working on thinking about that in the game, and and he thinks that's helping him, and it's making him more aggressive. Um, so you know, there's a chance that his low post scoring, once he starts figuring this stuff and putting it together. Um, we'll get better. Now, I don't know about his defense. <laughs> Lobo's <Yeah>. defense. <laughs> I just, but. I like Miles. I mean, the, the thing about it, I know I was come off as like the Miles Turner hater guy, but I just, I like Miles Turner so much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, I you just, just want I, him to be a little bit better. I want him to be super awesome because yeah, I know well, he it, is, you know? I think you represent Pacer Nation when you, you say that. We all watch him and we see the 
you know, like I was saying before, we see the potential. We see like these like crazy things that he can do, and you just want him to do that night in and night out and possession after possession. And you know, it's a I think it is a mental it's a maturity thing. Like yeah. He's still growing. He's still learning how to, he might physically still be growing. Like he's only <laughs> twenty three. Like right. it's insane, right? And your uh, brain doesn't uh, fully form till you're what twenty five, twenty six. I mean, yeah, 40, yeah you yeah. know, your brain doesn't fully form. Isn't that right? Forty something, I think. That's 40. Right. Yeah, <laughs> the male I think, brain I think especially it's declining is quickly slow. at forty. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just yeah, off. Speak a for cliff. yourself, buddy. <laughs> Oh dear. Well, good luck, Miles. Uh, just go out and get me two more rebounds. That's all I need. A game. That's right. Yep. Everybody will lay off you. He's averaging uh, 17 points in January. 70 points a game. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you think huge samples? Huge samples. Yeah. yeah, he's had two games. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, more impressive. You think one of his uh, New Year's resolutions was to get this podcasters off his back? <laughs> you should get all hey, the way off my if we can, if we can serve as a motivation that's what we're here for oh miles if you want to come in and talk about it you're welcome here always you're welcome. Of you're always welcome on the show the we love you <laughs> that's uh, right. and uh if unfortunately you can't get uh, any of us fired because we don't get paid mm. i mean i think we can still fire people right <laughs> i haven't read our bylaws recently but that's good because they are completely different than the ones that you signed. Oh man, cool! <laughs> <laughs> the old bait and switch. <laughs> well, in the interest of time, we are going to skip the under Google Bulls for this week. I know we had promised you one uh, at the top of the show, but uh, if you got one for us, uh, send it in to our uh, social media accounts. We've got uh, a place on Twitter. It's uh, at Undebeatables. We're on Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables. Our website is TheUndebeatables.com. There's a contact form there to send us a message. Uh, wherever you're listening, if you can uh, rate and review the show, that helps new listeners find us. Uh, or just uh, wherever you're listening, if you could just send the episode in the app uh, to somebody in your life that would enjoy us. Uh, please do that if you can. Uh, if you need tech support with that, uh, text Colson. Right? <laughs> yeah. Tweet at him. <laughs> I don't know how Twitter works. It's not fair. I know. Everything happens on Twitter nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like the hashtags and the, the war declarations. The, the president. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Is that too soon? Strangely <laughs> evil laugh for me. <laughs> oh, for a once and always coach who definitely does not know how Twitter works, Bobby Sick Leonard. Turn out the lights. The party's over. Are you hard out at seven? Was that right? Yeah, I mean, I can give you. I can, I can get out of here, and I'm, I'm supposed to be somewhere at seven thirty. So, oh. but it's about twenty minutes. So, um, so I need. I was trying to hard out at seven, but I can hard out at seven ten if I leave immediately. So it's a soft hard out. Yeah. Okay. That's what she said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>